Don't be weird. Don't be dumb. Two rules, two simple rules that I like to live by, that I like to live by. Hey, I'm so, I'm going to preach from the floor to, hey, actually, does that mess with the simulcast? Are you sure? All right, cool. Hey, YouTube world and Twitch and all the places that we're streaming, nice to see you. Uh, this might shock you, so I'm going to give you my Iowa friends just a heads up that it's going to get really loud in 0.2 seconds, okay? But we do something. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. We do something here that's here. If you hear it anywhere else, you know where they got it from. And so I like to start every XL Youth on Thursday night with a call and response. I'm going to say, hey, yo, and you're going to respond at the top of your lungs. I said, hey, yo, you guys ready? We got to show them how it's done. Here we go. XL Youth, I said, hey, yo! I like that. I should put that on a sweater or something. Who would buy something that said, I said A-O on it? I think it'd be dope. I think it'd be great. You buy it? Bucket hat? I don't know. Hey, if, you, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and wave it in the air like you just do care. If you got your Bible out, it's burgers and Bibles. It's burgers and, look, Leo's got his. He, he's kind of doing the like, what's the thing from Star Wars? What's that? Uh, Tuscan? Tuscan? Raider, it's Tuscan. I thought it was Huskin. You learned some. I don't know. I'm not a Star Wars fan. I'm more like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> if you got your Bible, go ahead and take it out. We are in Psalms. We started a series that is going to extend throughout the summer called Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. I thought this would be really catchy for a name and. I think a lot of us have a struggle with where do we start reading the Bible. And a lot of you know I point you to the book of John a lot because how are you going to follow a man named Jesus if you don't know anything about him? But I think as a Christian, what we've discovered last Thursday is we started reading and uh, dissecting God's word verse by verse is like the Psalms is our playlist for life. Quick question, and this is for a free item from the cafe. How many books are in my daywalkers that were with me on Sunday can't answer this question because that's cheating. How many books are found in the book of Psalms? Who knows? Who knows? You know? There's 150 chapters, but how many books are in, you know? Five, let's go, let's go, there are five, treat it, treat it like, treat it like a season, right, like, like the book of Psalms is the name of the show, and you've got one through 40 something, that's season one, 47 through on, season two, that's how you can treat it, we don't have time to go back, so if you're like wondering, wait, pastor, did you just make that up, uh, I did, no, I did, <laughs> I did it, you can find that on our YouTube channel on the latest episode. But we're going to continue, and honestly, we're going to finish off Psalm 1 today. If you're like, how are you going to do all 150 Psalms in the summer? We're not. We're just going to talk about some of the most famous Psalms, and I just thought for the first two weeks, why not start with number one? And so if you're ready to read it, say, "Uh uh-huh. If you got it, say, oh yeah. And can we stand for the reading of God's Word? If you don't have a Bible that's fine. I'll give you a Bible. 
But we have something that we call the Sky Bible here. I like calling it the Sky Bible. I stole that from an old youth pastor of mine, Sky Bible. So let's go ahead and read it. It starts off with this. It says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Actually, you won't see all of it. I'm sorry, there, guys. The wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruits in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Lord, this is your word, not mine. And don't let me preach in a way that you didn't intend it tonight. So speak truth, Lord, through your word. And let I pray that we wouldn't just be hearers, but doers of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, everyone says, Amen. You may find a seat. You may find a seat because we're going we're gonna to fly through this so we can get to these burgers. But uh, before we get physically fed, I'm talking about getting spiritually fed. Amen? Amen. I hope you brought your spiritual appetite tonight. So here we go. Last week, we learned that the process of living a blessed life starts with rejecting bad thoughts, actions, and bad company, right? The blessed rejects, right? We also learn that the only way we will learn what God commands and be motivated to live it out is by filling ourselves with his word, right? The blessed delight. And so Psalm 1 gives us the keys to understanding how you and I can live a blessed life, right? I asked you this question last time. Who doesn't want to live a blessed life? You know what I'm saying? You want to know what a blessed life would look like? You know, for me in the physical world, is finding a parking spot closest to the door at like Target or like the mall or something. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like being able to pull into a gas station right in there. Right? Like that's a blessed life for me, especially when you have a baby, you know, dot bot. Like I'm trying to get close to the door because I'm not trying to carry this like 20 pound little girl like down a mile right through this parking lot. That's kind of a blessed life to me. Right? You want to know what a blessed life also looks like? It's like getting an extra nugget in your 10-piece. Has that ever, ever happened to anybody? Like, that's a good day. You're like, oh, my God, you do care. You're sovereign. Right? Like, right? You get another. Now, I, I was talking more McDonald's, but you can go to Chick-fil-A for your nuggets or wherever else you go. Uh, Pastor Ariel's convinced that Burger King changed their nugget recipe and refuses to go there anymore. She's kind of a nugget connoisseur. Any nugget connoisseurs, you're like, I love chicken nuggets. All right. That's, I appreciate that. That's kind of a, amen. I see you guys. That's kind of like a little blessed life. But beyond that, you know, God wants to bless you. I think God gets a bad rap in social media these days that he's just judging and this domineering and this condemning God. But um, like we just talked about, he's our father. If you choose to follow Jesus, if you choose to be a child of God, then, then really God not only is your judge, but you are redeemed through Jesus anyway, but he's your dad. And scripture says, like, if he's able, if your earthly father is able to give good gifts, how much more than your heavenly father? And so he wants you to be blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, be blessed. Turn to your neighbor, your other neighbor, your second choice, and be like, you be blessed. <laughs> 
you be blessed. You better be blessed. Swear to God, you better be blessed, right? So part two, let's jump into the rest of it tonight as we wrap up Psalm 1. Let's look at verse 3. Last week, we just did 1 and 2. We're going to be 3 through 6 tonight. Let's look at verse 3 to see what the results of verse 1 and 2 are for a blessed person. You'll see this next slide. He says this. He is like a what? Say it again. A what? Planted by streams of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And so let's look at this first result of being a blessed person in God's eyes. It says this, the blessed are planted. So we learned in week one that the blessed reject and then the blessed delight, but we see that the blessed are planted. Say planted. The blessed are planted. And so a tree by a river has a continual source of water, right? So if you've ever been hiking, you've ever been out uh, away from the concrete jungle, there's like the thing called like rivers and stuff. It's pretty crazy. Uh, if you've ever seen one, some of you city kids are like, what? Uh, yeah, there's nature out there. Uh, coming, uh, spending 12 years in Missouri, coming back to Chicago, I kind of miss some of the things like that. But a river needs, uh, a river is a continual source of water, especially for the plant life that's around it. It will never wither away. It will never wither away. So what we're trying to do is understand what the psalmist is saying because uh, the reason why this tree will never wither away is because it, it is always getting what it needs. It's always getting what it needs. And if we're constantly needy, if we're just needy all the time, it may be worth examining if we're planted by water or not. So, okay, let me break it down. Let me break it down a little bit more, Okay. And so it's not if you are planted, it's where you are planted. It is not if you are planted, it is where you are planted. And so a blessed person, as you see here, is like they are planted near a source of water. So obviously, if you have a green thumb, or if you're into gardening, or you just like nature, you'll understand that if certain plants don't get enough water, they what? They straight up die. Uh, the city decided that I guess my house needed a tree, and so they dug up my front yard and put a tree in there. I'm not mad about it. I'm like, thank you. But now I have a whole a bur oak tree to take care of. I got Dottie. I got Pastor Ariel. I got Darla, my dog. And now I have bur oak tree, right? I'm like, uh, somebody's going to get forgot about, like, I, and I water this tree. So I forgot to water. They said, I said, hey, man. Uh, thanks for ruining my yard. Um, thank you for the tree. Uh, but uh, uh, how do I take care of this thing? I don't know anything about trees. And I, you know, man, you just got to like put some water on it for like, I don't know, like three times a week. And I'm like, okay, thank you um, for running up my water bill. This is great. But my tree isn't planted by a river. So that means I constantly have to go out there and be that like that older guy, that dad in my chanclas and my tube socks and in my wife beater and my shorts tucked in with, you know, just do one of these, like the Grinch pose, you see, like watering my tree and people are driving by like, and that guy is weird. But 
I forgot to like water my tree for like a whole week. And just the other day, I started noticing that it is dying. It's dying. I forgot to water this tree because I have so many other things to worry about, okay? But I feel bad because I'm like, man, like, I really, I kind of grew fond of this tree. I'm like, hey, man, I say good morning to it all the time. No, I don't. That's weird. I don't. But what I'm saying is this. Some of you, um, you're forgetting, you're forgetting to water. You're forgetting to water yourself. What is, what do I mean by that? You are forgetting to be in God's presence. You are forgetting about your relationship with him. You're forgetting. And sometimes it's just because life happens, right? It's like, I'm not calling you out and being like, you hate God and you're not a lover of Jesus and you're dying like Izzy's tree. That's not what I'm saying at all. Die tree. No, that's not what I'm saying, right? Uh, It actually reminds me of that verse where Jesus curses this tree, like out of nowhere in the New Testament. So find that out. It's pretty funny. He's like, you know what? You're a curse. And the tree just dies. So uh, I didn't do that to my tree, but uh, you and I need a continual source. We need a continual source. And until we get to be planted eternally by the waves and the waters of his presence in heaven, you and I continually have to water ourselves like a tree, like a plant. And so what does that look like? What does watering our spiritual life look like? It looks like this. It looks like being in community, in a faith-based community. It looks like worshiping outside of these four walls on your own. It looks like this. This is your water source. This is how you can be planted near water at all times. It's this book. And what he's trying to tell us, because we have to preface this part of the verse first because the rest of it won't really matter if you and I don't understand that in order to grow we must be planted near a continual source of water so if you want to grow in your faith with Jesus if you want to grow in your faith walk with him then you need to be planted and so if you're new here tonight this is a great place for you to be planted And if you're like, I live too far, then find a church and be planted there. But we see the result of what it looks like when we are planted. This tree doesn't do anything except drink in the nourishment. If we plant our lives next to the stream of God's word and focus on learning to drink deeply from it, this psalm promises we see three results. Say three results. We're going to see the results because God's not just going to be like, be planted. And then he's just going to be like, there you go. Way to be planted, kid. No, he's like, hey, I'm talking about a blessed life. If you're planted by the stream, then there's some blessing that comes from it. So here we go. As we, as we, as, as we take notes, I hope you're taking notes because whenever God speaks, it's something to write down. So one result that we see, one result that we see from being planted by a continual water source is this. Fruitfulness. We're fruitful. And so we see in the verse, it says this, it brings forth its fruit in season. So if you've ever grown something, you know that as you water it, as it gets the proper amount of sunlight, if you plant tomatoes, you should be expecting tomatoes. That wasn't a trick question. If you plant an apple tree, you can expect to receive? Okay, now you guys are God. If you plant a grape tree, you should, I'm just playing, they're vines. All right, brings forth its fruit 
and sees. And I want to look at something uh, because you guys know me. I, I like to look at the words in between words. I like to just take a verse and I like to dissect it like a frog in eighth grade. Like I want to see what's going on. And so I want to take a moment to focus on a three-letter word and it's it's. Say it's. Brings forth its fruit in season. We tend to skip over words like this while reading this passage, but I want to bring some attention to it. The tree brings forth its, say its, its fruit in its season. God made us all kind of different trees. You've got short and stout trees. Okay, you've got, yeah, you, you feel me? So you got my short trees say amen, right? <laughs> you've got really tall trees that look like adults, but they're still freshmen in high school, right? Right? We, we're all different types of trees. Some of us are like bushes, right? Some of us, you know, they're like, well, I'm way shorter, Pastor Izzy. Shrubbery, right? Like, we're all trees, right? We're all our own kind of different trees. We produce different kind of fruits. We take different amounts of time to produce them. I hope you know where I'm going with this. Our focus is not supposed to be on copying other people or comparing ourselves to someone else's fruit. Brings forth its fruit in season. Your fruit. Individually. I think what could happen is when we start seeing other people live a more blessed life than you, you'll start to try to work your way into thinking, how can I bear their fruit? How can I grow and do what they're doing to receive what they're getting? And what happens is we start to play a dangerous game of comparison. You and I start to compare. What we see in this verse, it brings forth its own fruit in the season, our focus is on drinking in the word and trusting that God will produce the fruit in us that he desires when the time is right. And so when you are planted by a continual water source, which is God's word and his love for you, you'll begin to bear fruit. But what the devil loves to do is he loves to have you compare your fruit to other people. And we see the devil play with this fruit all the way in the beginning in the book of Genesis. Because he understands trees. He understands nature. He's been in the garden. He's seen fruit. He's seen fruit we've never probably ever seen before. And so what he loves for you to do is to question your fruit that you're bearing and wanting someone else's. And once again, what that ends up having us do is move ourselves from a continual water source to a counterfeit water source that was never meant for us. And so if you want to be fruitful, if you want to see things come about your life, what does fruitfulness look like? Well, it's living, uh, uh, you'll be known for just having a great attitude. People will just know that there's something different about you. You'll start to live and walk and talk differently. You'll start to bear fruit. Your Christian walk, your faith walk will start to show is what this is saying. And so don't Look at somebody else's faith walk and want theirs because God has something specifically for you. He wants something specific. He has something specifically for you. And in this age of social media and everybody's posting only the good things about their life, it's so easiest to fall into God. Why don't I have their fruit? But God has a fruit for you. So don't compare yourselves. 
its fruit in your season. And then we see something else. We see another benefit. And we see that they're fruitful. And then we see that they're fulfilled. A blessed person is fulfilled. You'll see it on the screen. And so we see that with the words from the verse, their leaf does not wither. A withered leaf is a sign of, of disease or malnutrition. And what it is, it's a sign of lack. They're lacking. Proof that something is missing. The, the leaves on my tree right now in front of my yard, they are withered. Uh, they are like, they're changing colors. They are screaming for help. Like if they could, they would have called the police on me already. Like they are, they are going, okay? So it's proof. When you see leaves and, 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 and people's gardens, like I, when I go on walks, I'd be looking at other people's grass. I do. I, I've, I'm 30. I guess when you hit 30, you start caring about other people's grass and being like, how do they do it? That looks like carpet. Yeah, <laughs> I got an amen right there. That looks like carpet. I want to roll around in it and dream. Sorry, I just opened up myself a little bit too much. <laughs> I want my yard to just look good. A life filled with the word of God will not know such lack. You're filled with God's word. You'll never know what lacking is because it'll supply you. It'll supply every need. Like I said, it is sufficient to sustain you. His word is everything that you need. And so a blessed person realizes they will never lack anything if they have his word. They're fulfilled. You and I have a tendency to try to look everywhere else to be fulfilled in our life. We do. We try looking so many different directions. And that's why we're not fruitful. And that's why we're not fulfilled. Because we're not looking at the one person that can supply it. However, right? That doesn't mean that we'll never know hardship or difficulty if we find ourselves planted by a stream. It means that in the midst of hardship, we will have what we need to endure it. We'll have what we need to endure it. Another way that we see a blessed person, another benefit, is they're effective. They're effective. It says this in that verse, in whatever he does, he prospers. In whatever he does, he prospers. This one is a bold promise that we can hold on to. And there's no getting around it. When we become the people God intended for us to be, we will know what true prosperity looks like. To prosper means not getting all the success, money, and status you desire, but achieving all that God has laid out for you to do. So you're like, oh, prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm saying. Don't put words in my mouth. That's not what I'm saying. But to be effective, being effective in our schools, being effective at work, being effective in our family, with our family members that don't really know Jesus. How can we be effective? Well, it starts by being planted. A blessed person is planted so that you can see fruit come from it, so that you can be fulfilled in your walk and so that you can be effective. God is saying, listen, if you do this, you'll be effective. People will take notice. People will start to notice. Some of you um, junior highs and high schools have already seen this happen where you got back from spring breakaway, you got back from camp and somebody actually said these words to you. Hey, like you've kind of been different lately. You've just been different. Do you know what that is? That's being effective. That's being fruitful. You're showing them what true fulfillment looks like. And it's not in anything other than Jesus. But typical Psalms, we see both sides. So in week one, we saw in verse one and two what a blessed man does and what 
a blessed man who isn't really blessed does. If we don't reject some of the things that we talked about, we talked about what would happen. And verses four through six talk about this as I get the team up. Can I get the team up? I'm going to fly through this, all right? So hold, hold on with me. The blessed man disconnected. You're going to see something. Sorry, not blessed. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, should I disconnect? No. The wicked. The wicked. We see the blessed man in Psalm 1, and then we see the contrast, right? We see the contrast, which is the opposite, which is the other side of blessed, of a blessed person is a wicked person. And what the wicked are, disconnected. Say disconnected. You'll see this right here. Verse 4. You'll see it. You're right. The wicked are not so. Pause right there. So we just saw what the blessed man is. They're like a tree. They've got fruit. They're fulfilled. They're effective. They will prosper. Just promise and blessing and awesomeness, right? All these things God is like, you're going to be blessed. It's going to be amazing. And then the psalmist goes, but, and it's a big but. He says, the wicked, I hear you giggling, guys. I was waiting for someone to do that. The wicked are not so. But are like chaff, the wind drives away. So let's look at this. So what are, what are some ways that we see the wicked being disconnected? How can we break this down even more? What does being disconnected even look like in this verse? It looks like this. The first one is they're rootless. They're rootless. So chaff is like dried up. It just gets blown out by the wind. And so it's surface level. It's like when you, see, when you see leaves in the fall that are just crumbly and they just get tossed to and fro. So the problem with being wicked, the problem with not going down the blessed road, the problem with not being a blessed man is, is now you're on a path of destruction. I'm just going to lay it out for you. You're not on a path of blessing. You're on the path of destruction. You're on the path of the wicked, of the evil. You're like, dang, I didn't know it was that serious. Well, sin is serious. And, and social media and the world, they're trying to trick you into thinking that your sin is not a big deal. Or you can compare your sin to somebody else's and, well, at least I don't do this. And at least I'm not like that. But sin is sin. And it will lead you to separation. It will lead you to disconnection. And so what happens here is if you are not planted in God's word, if you're not planted in a faith-based community, if you're not planted in a relationship with Jesus, you are rootless. Having no root in something larger than himself, this man, this blessed man he's talking about, he dries up and goes where the wind blows. So it's that, it's that saying that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, right? Is that how it goes? So this is basically saying, listen, if you're not deeply rooted in God's word, then wherever culture leads you, you're just going to follow. And we see that. We see it. And I won't dive into it, but we see it with this, with Pride Month, and we see it all over. They're not hiding it anymore. It's not under the table anymore. It is in your face. The things that grieve God's heart are in your face. And so the devil's not even trying to hide this anymore. And so if you're not rooted in God, if you're not rooted in Scripture, if you're not rooted in a relationship with Jesus, then wherever the wind of culture blows, you're just going to go with him. And it may seem fun at first. Be like, ooh, right? I'm just going. You'll get tired. You'll get weary. You'll get dizzy. 
but a tree planted by water, that water nourishes them and their roots go deep. So whatever storm, whatever weather comes their way, if their roots are deep, it's not going anywhere. But a wicked person, the root is rootless. And then we see this. We see them defenseless. We see them defenseless. We see them defenseless. And we see that when it says this in that verse, will not stand in the judgment. So if you see that in Psalm 4 through 6, you're leaving yourself defenseless. He has lived only for himself is what they're saying. A wicked person only lives for themselves. So when this person is called to give an account for his life choices, he will not have a leg to stand on. At the end of our lives, because you've heard me say this, it's not if you live eternally, it's where you're going to live eternally. And there's going to be a day where you and I have to give account for everything we've ever said and everything we've ever done. You're like, everything, yes. Every, every wicked, evil thing that you've ever said, every thought that you've ever thought, every action that you ever did, record it. And you are going to stand trial. Because like I said earlier, God is a judge. He's a righteous, holy judge. And without Jesus, without Jesus to come to your defense, you will be found guilty. You will be left without any type of covering. You'll be defenseless. You'll be defenseless. You have nothing to stand on. We also see uh, this person who is wicked going down this wicked path. Um, they're peopleless. They're peopleless. So it also says, nor in the congregation of the righteous. Congregation, that's us. That's a gathering of people. And so what this is saying in this moment is because the wicked man lives only for himself, he's cut off from other people. He does not have any community to support him. He does not belong to anyone. He doesn't have a people. He's got no support. A wicked path leads you to separation. Not just separation from God, and that's a serious thing, but separation from people. Separation from people. You'll feel it. Some of you may be even there tonight. You'll have no people, no people to belong to. But I want to encourage you, XL Youth, What's the name of your youth ministry again? Radiant? Radiant youth. That's, these are your people. Radiant, there's people in your life that are longing to belong. They're longing to belong. They may not know it, but they are dying to belong to something that will stand and support and secure them. XL Youth, you have friends that are people-less. They have no one to belong to. And they find themselves in other communities and it's a fake family. It's fake. It's a fake family. I told you I kind of lived that lifestyle. I thought thugging was it. I thought wearing a flag was everything. I thought spray painting and throwing colors and signs up across the street. I thought all that was it for me. I thought, listen, if the church is going to turn their back on me, then I'm going to turn my back on them. And all the, I thought the gang life was for me, and I found out shortly it wasn't. It was fake because where were they when I got shot at? Where were they when my life was falling apart? They were gone. They were nowhere to be found. And so there are people in your life that want to have a people. They want to belong. And I'm telling you tonight, we have the answer for them. We have a support family that is here, the church, the 
people of God, the family of God is here for them. Another thing that we see for the wicked is they're lifeless. They're lifeless. It says the way of the wicked, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. So we see the blessed, they're awesome. And then he's like, I'm going to drop the mic on you. So you want to live a blessed life? Great. But if you choose not to, I'm going to finish this chapter. Chapter one of the book of Psalms, right, is this. They're lifeless. The way of the wicked will perish. Ultimately, the path of the wicked leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. Those who persist in following such paths meet an obvious end. Destruction. They will perish. They will perish. They will perish. It's not if. It's not if. The way of the wicked, what's that word? Will. So we see promises of God. They're like, hey, you will be fruitful. You will be effective. You will see awesome things happen in your life. And God's going to be there. And he's going to help you. He's going to be great. Here's also a promise. If you decide to disconnect from me, you will perish. That should, that should scare us. And that should terrify us. Because you mean to tell me the God of the universe who created you and me. Created this earth he calls me his. And he wants to, he wants to bless me? That's, that's crazy. Stop. You're not getting it. The God that created everything wants to bless you. Wants to help you. Wants to be in fellowship with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Savior. That's Jesus, his son. He wants to be in your life. That's the guy. It's like... A lot of you have celebrity crushes or you've got celebrities that you like follow some sports people, right? LeBron James, Michael Jordan, whoever you want to name it, right? You've got these people. It's like that person coming up to you and be like, hey man, can we be best friends? Wouldn't that be crazy? Who's the athlete that you're like, dude, I want to meet this guy? Out of all the baseball that you watch? Right. It's like your favorite team coming up to you, man. It's like the Cubs coming up to you and being like, hey, man, I just want you to be around us. I just want you to be around us. You're like, yeah, I will drop everything. You'll look at Julian and be like, take the girl, I'm out. I'm going to go hang out with the Chicago Cubs. That's it. It's like we do that for a celebrity, but like who is celebrity compared to the God of the universe that wants to be your friend, that wants to help you, that sees you, You've heard me say it a lot that seen people see people. And because you and I are seen by God, we're called to see people, the people that are people-less, the people that find themselves on the path of the wicked. Some students are going down the path of the wicked, and that ultimately will lead to their destruction. It's what, it's what Pastor Tony and I have dedicated part of our life to, to reaching students and to let them know that the path they're on that's leading them to destruction isn't the only path they have to be on. There's another option. There's another option. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus wants to help them. He wants you to be blessed. And more importantly, he wants you to be saved. And so there's some of you here tonight and you don't know Jesus. So you're saying, I want to live a blessed life. Like, I don't want to be wicked. Like, what you just described was awful. 
what you described, I don't want any part of. I want to I hear what you have to say about being fruitful and all the good stuff. That can't and won't happen unless you follow Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, we're going to do this. I'm not going to emotionally manipulate you. I'm not going to try to like use stories to get you to cry and all that. No, I, listen, God told me what to say. I've said it. Now it's up to him. You're here tonight and you're not living a blessed life. You just find yourself struggling a lot. You just find yourself dealing with stuff and you're like, I just need some help. I want to be blessed. I'm tired of seeing everyone else blessed except for me. And I see here in Psalm 1, there's some things I need to work on. But listen, it seems like a lot and I just need help. I just need help. And there's some of you here the reality is, you don't know Jesus, and you need to, because he loves you. And this man named Jesus lived a perfect life, meaning he didn't make one mistake, he didn't sin. And then he did three years of ministry. And at the age of 33, this man, the son of God, who lived a perfect life, was betrayed by one of his best friends after spending three years of his life doing miracle after miracle, healing and feeding thousands of people. He was the kindest person to ever walk this earth. And one of his best friends, one of his closest friends, his disciples, betrayed him. Betrayed him. And because of that, it led to Jesus dying on a cross. He died. And not just for no reason. No, he died and he carried your mistakes and he carried your sin with him. And on that cross, as he breathed his final breath, he asked his father, the God of the universe, to forgive us. He thought about you. He thought about some of the things that you would go through. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But the story doesn't end there. Three days later, who they thought was dead, Jesus is resurrected, the Son of God, thus defeating your mistakes, the sin in your life. He's defeated it. Hell, the grave, all of that. And now he lives seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. What does all that mean? It means that your sin gave you a one-way ticket to a place called hell that was never meant for you. But because of Jesus, you've been offered an invitation to spend eternity with him without pain, without sickness, without disease. Listen, the path you're on is going to lead you to destruction. And you have an opportunity tonight to stop and go the other way. And that way, that truth, that life, his name is Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Izzy, for the very first time, I want to know more about following Jesus. I want to be saved. I, I want to live a blessed life. I've never followed Jesus before. And I hear what you're saying. And I just want to know more about that. I want to follow Jesus for the first time. I want to be saved. I just want you to lift your hand. Just no one looking around. Just pop it up. You can put it right back down. Just pop it up and put it right back down. God is speaking to you. Maybe you're feeling something in your heart. You kind of feel a heaviness on your shoulders and your chest, and you don't know what's going on emotionally right now. That's God speaking to you. That's not your anxiety. That's not something to trick you. That is the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you should raise your hand. 
And all raising your hand does is for me to see you and hold you accountable and have a conversation with you. That's all I want to do. I'm going to do it one more time. On the count of three, I just want you to slip up your hand and put it right back down. One, God loves you. Two, everything about you, nothing can separate you from him. Three, if that's you, just raise it in, put it right back down. Okay, got one in the back. Awesome. We've got two hands. Is there anybody else? I'll wait because I love you. Is there anybody else? Awesome, I see that. Okay, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. What song we got? Proud of the Father. Um, Can we do the chorus? If tonight's word spoke to you, uh, we have something here is that responding is not an option. It's what we do. And if tonight's word spoke to you, I want to give you that opportunity to respond. But I don't want you to do it by yourself. So just a few more seconds of this, a few more moments of this. Can we all together as a bunch of trees come on down to the front? So I want everyone to come because responding is not an option.